Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I'll be your host, Greg Sowers. And again, I'm joined today with or by Jimmy Wark. Uh, we had Jimmy on a few episodes ago and with uh, Warwick Hockey Advantage. Um, also does some coaching up in uh, Illinois and in some scouting as well for the, the USPHL. But I uh, just want to welcome on Jimmy. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, Greg. Always happy to be back. So hopefully trying to make this a regular thing with you. Yeah, yeah. Schedules are tough. Even if it's the summer, we're, we got hockey going all year round. So um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Again, hopefully um, everyone out there can, you know, pull some things from this episode and um, obviously keep on listening and hopefully um, learning from it. But I think the the, the topic we're going to speak about today, and we briefly touched on it in earlier episodes, but it's always good when I can bring on a, a partner um, and, and kind of discuss it rather than talking to myself for 15, 20 minutes. So, uh, but I think, I think the, the topic of today is going to be, you know, finding, finding the right fit for you as a player. And now that the, the season's over, um, you know, down here, our tryouts are done for the youth leagues, but, you know, definitely more so for our kids in high school or, or juniors, you know, finding the right fit. Um, seasons are over. It's summer hockey. Showcases are starting. Um, and, and just making sure you're putting, you know, your parents or your money as a player to those, you know, showcases and opportunities where it's going to best best fit you. Um, and I think a, a good place to start is uh, the, the summer showcases. You know, everybody gets the emails, um, you know, whether it's it looks like it's it's critiqued or, or personalized to you. It's got your name in the subject line. Um, but just, you know, we want to make sure our, our listeners out there can decipher from, you know, what's a, a real opportunity or what's an email that, you know, every person on your team received from a, an NA team or a junior team. Um, and so, you know, just in, you know, mine and Jimmy's example, we, you know, email was still a big thing and we played. We're not, we're not that old, but, um, you know, playing junior hockey season ends. And now I have 10, 10 emails in my inbox from NA teams and junior teams. And, you know, h- how do we decipher if, if this coach actually knows who I am or he's trying to just get kids to his camp to, you know, pay for his team's travel and, and jerseys for next year. So, um, Jimmy, I didn't know if you had a had an example or anything you want to start us off with um, on that front as far as, you know, playing juniors and figuring out where to go where to go next year? I, I mean, I'll tell you, I had no, <laughs> I had no uh, experience going through this. Like my parents never played hockey. Um, you know, I didn't have any, any relatives or anything that were, uh, that really understood the whole process. So when I was getting emails, it was kind of like you were saying, like I was getting emails and they had my name and subject line or it was, you know, hello, James. And, uh, you know, we're really interested in you. And, I thought, well, damn, I have a, I have a team that I'm going to play for. They already want me. This is easy. And then you come into the tryout and there's eight teams of 20 guys. And, uh, you know, when you come to your exit meeting coach says, you just got to be a better skater or do some basic stuff that, that anyone could tell me, you know? So I think, uh, it was also funny. My, uh, even my dad got one email, never touched the ice, never played hockey. (laughs) Well, did when he was a kid, but for like a year and, uh, he, uh, he got an email. He got invited to go to one of these tryouts. They must have thought his email was a player's email. And uh, he came out to me. He's like, Jim, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming to tryouts. So, uh, you know, it's, that's the problem with, with a lot of these teams and a lot of these programs. It's, you know, how many guys can we get? And, you know, how much – essentially the money that they're making at these camps, it doesn't seem like a lot to, to the player – 
Uh, you know, it's 250 bucks, I think now, or maybe even 300, um, back when Greg and I was playing, it was basically 200. Um, you know, but they, if you, you have eight teams of 20 guys, plus you have three goalies on every team. I mean, it, it adds up quite a bit and that covers almost a whole season's worth of travel for a team. Um, yeah. And, and also I think like, you know, you go to these showcases and it, it's never bad to get in front of a coach. Like you could go out there and impress the hell out of them and, you know, something could happen, but you know, you, you want to make sure you're looking at those emails. Cause I mean, Jimmy, I'm sure you've had it happen to you where, you know, you walk into the locker room at a summer skate and you're talking about this email you got and you're all pumped up and you know, you're going around the room and the seven out of the 10 guys in that locker room with you also got the same email. Like it's, that might be a red flag that maybe your entire team from last year got invited to this NA or, you know, EJ when we were playing, you know, showcase, um, so that's just another red flag to look out for and, and you know, make sh- making sure that the coach actually knows uh, what you are and what you do and was reaching out to just you and, and uh, just you specifically rather than trying to fund the, the team's uh, snacks for the road next year. A hundred percent. And yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think the best way to do it now is if a coach really wants you, they're going to call you. They're going to be all, you know, if you're really wanted, someone's going to be reaching out to you personally or contacting you or a family member, like they are going to want to talk to you. No one, I can tell you from my experience in scouting, anyone that I wanted to play for any of my teams, I was not just sending them an email saying, I hope you show up at the tryout. <laughs> I was, I was going to do everything I could to make sure that the player I wanted knew I wanted them and that they would show up. Yeah. And I think too, is like when you get those emails, like, you know, like you just said, like, you know, feel free to respond, ask a question, you know, it, ask anything to make sure that coach knows, knows who you are, but it's also, you know, eye-opening. If, if you go, you get that email from a team and I highly suggest to anyone, let's just say you get an email from a, from an NA team, go on their website and see how many guys they have aging out, see how many defensemen they have if you're a defenseman, see how many forwards they have if you're a forward. If, if you're getting this email and it seems kind of like the stock template email and they have two spots open and you're invited to their, you know, NA showcase in, in July, and there's going to be eight teams there. So, I mean, he's, they got what a hundred kids battling for three spots. Um, and I guarantee you, and like Jimmy, you're, you're a scout. Like they have kids in mind who they want to fill those spots. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> like I could tell you for our team. So I'm a, uh, one of the one of the scouts and director of player personnel for the Connecticut Junior Rangers premier team. And even at that level, like we have, you know, we have a, a depth chart and when we sign kids, they go into the depth chart. And then we have, you know, our list of guys that, that were, that are on our board of who we're looking to go after or who's, you know, we're possibly going to sign next or who we're very interested in. And I mean, we know what's, what's going on and who we want and what we're looking at by the time the season ends, <laughs> you know, it's right. Um, so especially by July, it's, it's, we, we're not looking for much. And I know it's the case for a lot of teams. So, you know, when, when I agree with Greg, where it's not at all a problem that you give the coach a call and just say, Hey, where did you see me last year? You know, ask, ask specific questions. Be like, when did you, you know, what game of mine were you able to see? Was there anything you really liked about my game? Was there anything that you think I need to improve before I go to your tryout? Um, you know, fit, like where would you see me fitting in? Like what role do you think I could fill? Just ask any question you could to really get them on their toes. And it's, I think I talked about it too. I'm um, 
you know, Greg, one of the first times when I came on with you about, you know, when you're looking for in skills coaches or what you're getting feedback from your coach on things to work on, it's the same stuff here. Like, you know, what game did you come and see me? Ah, you know, it was, it was so long ago. I forgot, you know, or just trying to cipher through nonsense answers or like when you ask what's the best part of your game, ah, your shot, like you got a great shot. That's okay. <laughs> you, want, you want to tell me about which one, which part about it? is it the release? Is it my accuracy? Is it that I know how to score? You know, little things like that. If a coach, again, like if, a, if you will, it's so obvious nowadays, especially to know if a coach really wants you because there's so many teams and there's so many different divisions and leagues. If you want to, if you want a player, you have to go after them and you have to express why you want them so bad. Right. And I, I think it's also important for our listeners to know it's like, you know, there's youth hockey and you're, you're paying for that. Obviously like you're, you're paying for your local team playing a double a, you know, triple a, um, you know, e- even at those levels, it's a business. And as you go up and you go into junior hockey, it's even more of a business. They're selling tickets. They're trying to get as many kids to, you know, pay the coaching staff to, uh, you know, obviously pay for the ice and the rink and everything. And, you know, junior hockey teams now, there's there's some out there where it's like it's fourteen grand to to play juniors, and it's That's it's insane. and just make sure you're you're doing your your due diligence and researching before you commit anywhere. Um, and you know, not not and don't get me wrong, and Jimmy, you could speak to this too, but there are a lot of programs out there that do it the right way, do it for the right reasons. They promote kids, they get them into college, um, but unfortunately, there are so many teams now that they can't all be you know, gold gems. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, we just, you just want to make sure you're making the right, make, making the right choice for your career and what you're, what you're trying to do, um, you know, in, in the game of hockey. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, this was something I was going to even ask you, you know, what is your, your thought on how many camps should the player attend and, you know, at what age, do you want to start doing them or is there, does that not matter? Or, you know, what are you trying to get out of these camps in certain, like, or is it different per, depending on the age or the player or, you know, what's yeah. your philosophy on it? Cause I know I have one that, that may be a bit, a bit different or maybe it's exactly like yours. I don't know. I well, and I think it's, it's obviously when we talk about it, not, not every path is going to be the same for everybody, but I mean, if you're going to seven showcases or seven, you know, NA camps in the summer, there's probably, you know, at least one of those <laughs> that is you're, you're paying for the team's jerseys, right? There's, if seven NA teams legitimately want you, one of those coaches is reaching out to you and, and not only telling them, telling you that they want you, but they're probably drafting you, right? You're either tendered or you're a draft pick. Um, but I also think, you know, there's a difference between going to the, uh, the Topeka Roadrunners, I don't even know if they're still around, but their Topeka Roadrunners uh, June showcase or go into a, a showcase like, and I'm just speaking locally here, the Elite Edge showcase in, in Nashville, where you're not playing in front of just one team. There are scouts from Division Three, NCAA, USHL, Tier 3 teams. Like, there's a big difference to, for, between going to an eight-team showcase, playing in front of one organization, than it is going to a a showcase where it, it is a development like elite edge. And you're also, you know, in front of more than one program. So it's like, how am I going to spend, you know, my budget for the summer and allocate it in the, 
the best way possible for me. If you got $500 in your budget and you have a chance to go to, um, you know, five hundred dollar specific NA teams, I, there's that one out there that costs a hundred dollars, but just for the sake of the argument, or you have, you know, 200, you can go to two showcases and play in front of a bunch of different organizations a hundred times out of a hundred. I'm saying go to that showcase and play in front of as many people as you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, one of the things that, I mean, selfishly being a skills coach, you know, I think that the summer is your time to get better. So, you know, if you're going, like you said, let's say that someone has four teams in the, in the North American league that they think they're going to make, they're going to, they're going to, even if it's their main camps, you're now paying 250 by, let's just say 250. So you got four of those. So you're paying a thousand bucks, Justin, Justin fees for the, for the main camp. That's not including your hotel. That's not including your travel. You know, I think it's, it's crazy now how much you got to pay for all of it. But so now you're more than a thousand dollars for a whole summer when you could be doing like you're saying, like you can do camps uh, where you're developing, where you're doing skills. You can do, you know, again, selfishly plug myself here, junior skates, but you can work with skills coaches while getting better and maybe do two camp or two teams, you know, asking the coach, where do you see me really gauge? What team do you think, do you feel deep down you can make? And it's, you know, it's obviously on the player too. Like they got to look in the mirror and say, am I going to really make this team? Do I feel like this coach is going to really help me out? And going back to your point, like looking at the roster, am I willing, am I going to really, have a good shot at this team if there's two forward spots and I know there's going to be six to eight teams at this tryout. And, but I agree with you as well, like with the, with the showcases getting in front of multiple teams, multiple colleges, I think that's a really good opportunity. My thing is the, the best kind of junior team camps that I would say are try and find the local ones. If you're, you know, if you don't have a specific team that, that you've been talking to, or you're just reaching out to teams, just go to the local, like one that's in your town. If you have, then you can, then that's a reasonable expense. I would say to pay 250 bucks to get four games. And even if you make it great, if not, you're playing against junior caliber players, hopefully. And you're not paying for a hotel. You get to sleep in your own bed. You're not paying for travel. You know, it's similar to just going to the rink and doing a couple skill stuff. Right. And I, and as you were talking there and I, I, you know, you run junior skates or college prep skates and I do the same here in Nashville. And it's like, if you're, if you're tight on funds, which a lot of us are, and and I was when I was playing and um, it it really comes down to, you know, figure out how much, you know, you want to spend on your, your exposure for the summer. And um, if you just hit up one showcase and, you know, pay whatever that is, and then you have leftover, you know, funds in your budget, like, like you said, go to a local, you know, skills coach, do a local skill skate. Like it's great if you're going to get in front of everybody, but if you aren't, let, let's just be honest, if you're not playing your top game or you're not um, as good as you could be, you're, you're wasting your money. Cause there's kids there who are, you know, realistically going to be, be better than you. And, you know, why not spend those funds to actually spend those funds on your training at home. Um, and then, you know, have your best effort in, in doing one showcase and not so much, you know, just throwing money at, at showcases all summer. And I think, um, I think we forgot too about like 
you know, off ice workouts. Like, you got to be paying for, even if you don't have a trainer, if you're just going to a gym, you're paying for a gym membership. Yep. So, you know, that's another expense where you're buying, you're paying for either a trainer or a gym membership, um, you know, whatever you need, like, for workout stuff like that's again just another expense and now right you're taking when you're traveling you're taking days off where if you have to leave on a wednesday or a thursday it's just more days that you're taking off sitting in a hotel right and I, so i actually had this analogy i guess told to me when i was playing it's like you're not going to take a test without studying right so you could take the test as much as you want you could take it 10 times if you don't study you're probably not going to do very well man well, i hated those you're going to the showcase, you know, you do 10 showcases, but you're not training. Why do you expect it's going to be a good outcome? Like do your work, prepare, train. And then when you feel like you're ready to show your stuff, that's when you go to a showcase. Um, and uh, I, I mean, th there's just so many emails out there, so many teams. And um, I was just doing a, a quick thing while you're talking there, Jim, and there's 160 teams, 160 tier three teams listed in the tier three junior hockey rankings on USA, USA hockey for this past season, 160. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's so many opportunities and so many fits for different players, you know, just don't, don't go run into the team that sent you an email that has access to a Gmail account. Just make sure you're, you're looking it up, you're doing your due diligence and, and making sure that offer is, is legit. Right. And spending your, your funds wisely. A hundred percent. And I, it, I think, setting i i would tell everyone to have yourself a backup plan even if you don't need it or you won't use it or even if you know i've, I've had so many players tell me there's no way i'm going to play tier three i'm going to make the na and that and that may be true but going into a camp not having anywhere to go and playing that whole weekend with the holy crap if i make a bad mistake they're going to cut me and then i have no team to play for like i'm screwed is a horrible feeling and it was one that i did myself like i i was in that same boat i was i i wasn't thinking straight like i you know i thought i was gonna you know these teams are lucky to have me here <laughs> and you know by the end of the weekend when i got when i you know didn't make it i'm sitting in the car being like holy crap what am i doing like where do i go now you right know, so have even if you have set yourself up with the best tier three backup and I, I can almost guarantee you every tier three coach, or at least what we do, like they will tell you if you make an NA team, great. That's, we're, you know, there's not, there's no hard feelings. That's, right. that's awesome. They'd rather you do that. That, that looks good on them. Like you were considering coming, but obviously you're strong enough to make a, a higher level and best of luck, but have yourself a backup plan. So you don't need to go into a camp thinking, it's all or nothing. You can play, you know, I, I know some players, it doesn't really work, but I would say the majority of players play much better when, when they're relaxed, when they're not playing tense or uptight and, and nervous. Right. And I, we actually touched on that in a, a few episodes ago, of just, you know, playing your game and, you know, playing for yourself, but doing the best you could do. I mean, that's kind of uh, uh cliche, but um you know, if you put all your eggs in one basket, going to a showcase and this is your last shot to make a team, you know, what, you know, what happens if you don't? So uh, just, just always something to think about, but I, I think you kind of touched on a, a, a next topic there of, you know, we talk about the, the emails that you get and, and finding the right fit and making sure it's somewhere that you're going to excel and play. And um, 
you know, that, that next topic is kind of, you know, not falling for these kind of empty promises. You know, you, you get the coach and, you know, I really like you. You're going to be, you know, top line minutes. Um, you know, we like your size, you know, these kind of cliche things you hear from coaches of, again, you know, great shot. Like we're going to use it the power play. And then you get there and there's, you know, seven guys in front of you. They all have hard shots. I can all skate. And now you're like, okay, what do I, what am I here for? What do I do? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that a lot of that comes down to like, you talked about research and what I tell everyone on, on my end is find players that have played for the team. Like look at their roster the chances are with how many kids and how many teams that are around somebody on the team is somebody that you may know you may have heard of is from your town. Some, some way, shape or form the hockey world is such a small place. And with social media, it's so easy to connect with someone. Mm-hmm. Just, just send a message on, on Instagram and say, Hey, I'm thinking about playing for the team that you played for last year. Do you have a minute to talk? And I can almost guarantee you that there's not many players that are going to lie about their experience at a team. Um, Greg knows I'm pretty open about my college career with him. I, mm-hmm. I hold back on nothing of what I experienced there when any player asked me if they should go and play where we played. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think good, bad, and different. Every player will give you their honest feedback. And I think finding players that, that put up a ton of points and maybe even find players that didn't put up many points. Were they happy there if they weren't really playing that much? Did they have a nice cult? Like, was it a good culture on the team or was it surrounded by just the top line? Well, I, again, I, you're bringing up great points. The, the culture, right? <laughs> the culture is such a big part of it. And, you know, you, if you look at a team and even if you find like a spot where you think you're going to play, it's like, okay, well, if you're going to play and they went one in 43 last year, you know, how many kids left the team during the year? Were they getting in off ice stuff, you know, away from the rink? Like, do you want to put yourself in that spot to be unsuccessful just, just to play? Um, and if that's the offer you're getting from a team, you know, maybe consider a, another, another route, maybe stay home and play for your, your local team, your double A AA or triple A, or if you're aging out, you know, maybe that's just not the best fit. Like it, it kind of all comes back to, again, just doing your research and um, you know, again, finding, finding that right fit. Um, and don't be afraid to, to ask questions. And I, I actually just got off um, the phone yesterday with a, a parent and kid, uh, kid moved from Nashville to play in Michigan. We'll keep team names out of it. Um, had a good year, got hurt. He was told, and this is a U16 player, was told that he didn't have a spot on the team next year, even though he got hurt. So he came back to Nashville and he wasn't, um, you know, confident playing for the teams here, but new coach comes in and this coach is, you know, has all the kids height and weights, has their stats. And this is just in the summer. The season hasn't even started yet. And he's already sending, you know, all these kids resumes to, you know, division one, division three schools, um, junior teams. And it's like, you know, those are the little things that you want to look for in a, in a program um, where they're not just trying to pigeonhole you and keep you on their current team. They're trying to move you on. And like you said, it's, it's beneficial for you as the player, but it's also beneficial for the program that they move these kids up and, and, you know, on a bigger and better things. And just, you know, again, finding a program that has your interest at, at heart. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's, 
I was going to say too, it sounds, I know it sounds like you and I are, are saying a lot of like, you got to do your own research and mm-hmm. it may sound like a lot of work to some kids, but you know, I think that the way that players got to start looking at it is as you get older by, by your U15, U16 year, this is your career. This is your job, right? Yeah. Like, you know, no matter what job you have, you're going to have to do some research. You're going to have to know the ins and outs and, and utilize, you know, your networking skills and, and anything in that regard. Um, you know, I think like you are your own brand. So how you're branding yourself and how you're, you know, what position you're putting yourself in with whatever team you're playing on or what league you're looking at going into it's it's a lot of work it's not just the on ice yeah and I, th- I think too it's like you know you say it's a lot of work and I agree but with I mean when we were doing this there wasn't that many resources out there but we on an earlier episode we touched on the the college hockey inc and the uscho website and it's like a lot of that information is out there coaches emails players on the current roster what year they are their record um and it, it, as much work as it may seem, you can knock a lot of this out in, in an afternoon if you really sit down for one, two hours um, a week and just start, you know, firing off emails, asking questions. No one's going to uh, cut you f- prematurely from a team because you're asking a question about their program. Uh, and if they did, that's not a program you want to go to anyway. Ex- exactly. Like, you know, it, it takes a little, you know, inner drive to do those things. But, I mean, that's where you got to look at yourself and, ask, what am I trying to do? Am I, am I trying to play juniors and get to that next level because I'm chasing the, the junior hockey dream? Or am I trying to get to that next level to, you know, use my hockey skill to get an education um, for our, our, you know, exceptional players out there? You know, am I, tr- am I trying to get to the next level to make a career out of this and make my living and, you know, you know, pay for my, my family eventually out of playing hockey. And that's, that's the extreme side of it. But you know, a, a lot of the kids and, you know, you and me, Jimmy, were we were trying to play to get into a school and, um, and you know, live out that, that college, college hockey dream. And I mean, we both succeeded in a sense, but <laughs> it's, um, it, it's just like, what, what is your ultimate goal and making sure that program aligns with that goal and making sure you're, you're falling in that, that right spot for you. And having fun at the end of the day, right? Like yeah, the reason why you and I are still, still in this game. Because it's, I mean, this is all that, I mean, this is all we know. It's not, I mean, it's not money, Jimmy. It's not money. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. I mean, it's, it's, I mean. I I tell people, I mean, you're, I think you're full-time in hockey, but I tell people down here, I have a full-time job, but it's only to supplement my hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to be full-time in hockey, but, you know, I think it's, this is the only thing that I knew how to do. Right. Right. You know, I know that you feel the same way and, you know, it's, it's, there's a reason why there's good people that, that stay in hockey and, and want to continue doing it. And, you know, this is, this is, uh, once you play it, you're, you're the whole networking, like there's, it's just such a small world in the hockey community. But, right. You know, if you put in, if you put in the most effort into it, you're going to get a lot out of it in some way, shape or form. Right. And, um, I know we're kind of running short on time here. Uh, you got somewhere to be, but um, I just wanted to, to bring this up and it kind of feeds into what we're talking about today. But um, again, not saying players names or schools, but so I have a, a kid uh, locally and he's trying to f- decipher. Um, and this probably goes for a lot of kids out there who are listening. Um, 
you know, we have a local college here that has a, a college hockey federation uh, team. And he's also, so he could go there, um, but he also has a division one offer from a, a school up North for ACHA. Um, you know, and again, the school up North is off is saying, you know, you're going to get this, this, this playing time. It's a heavily recruited school. Um, and he's just trying to figure out, you know, do I want to stay home, play with guaranteed ice time and, or, you know, try to play at the, the best level that's being offered to me um, and go that route. Um, and before you hop in, Jim, I, my advice to him was just like, again, what what's your ultimate goal here? Um, if you're trying to play, you know, pro hockey, um, you know, there's guys that definitely can play pro hockey out of ACHA. Um, you know, they play in the SP. They can, you know, work their way up. Stuff happens all the time. Um, so th that's still not a possibility or still a possibility, but, you know, just trying to de decipher, um, you know, what the difference, I guess, between playing a ACHA D1 and having that long-term goal of, you know, eventually getting to a spot where you're making money to play hockey or playing back home with your, with your friends. If you had any um, in advice or insight on, on that specific situation. No, it's funny because I, I kind of have the same situation with, with, a, with a player that's currently playing um, ACHA hockey. And, um, you know, my, it's similar. It all sounds so cliche, but it's similar to, to the junior stuff like we were talking about, in my opinion. Like, you got to go somewhere where, one, you're wanted, but two, where you're going to enjoy and, and have fun. And, and when it comes to college, I tell everyone that take hockey out of it if you were just going there to be a student. Because, you know, you and I both know, like, the hockey season, especially in college, does not last long. It's, mm -hmm. it's a very short window. You play a lot of games and not a lot of time. And there's a lot of months where you're not even touching the ice or going to practice. Like, you're just hanging out with the team. But is this a place that I will truly enjoy being at if I'm not playing hockey? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I, I didn't, I, you know, I went somewhere specifically for hockey. And when I was done playing and, and started coaching, I ended up transferring, which is, which is hard to do at college. It's not, I guess not hard, but it's just, it's a process. It's something that's not ideal. You know, you usually want to try and stay somewhere and not have to transfer credits and deal with that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'd say finding a place where outside of hockey, are you going to enjoy it? Or are you going to have fun? But I totally agree with you, you know, go somewhere where you're going to still develop you know, looking where players went afterwards. There's so many players that I know that have played ACHA and ended up playing in Europe and making good money to just mm -hmm. play hockey. Right. And, and I, I travel the world. Right. And the, to get that experience. And I also, in this particular situation, it's, you know, you pretty much have a guaranteed spot, your school back home. It's like, you know, why not? You, you put all this work in, of, you know, playing youth hockey, you went to juniors, you aged out. It's like, you kind of owe it to yourself to give that, give that, you know, more of a top tier program a shot. And if it doesn't work out, you find out you don't like it, you know, as much as you say transferring sucks and it's hard to do, it's like that lower tier ACHA spot will most likely always be there for you if it doesn't work out. Right. I agree. I think, yeah. I mean, you're definitely right on that. And there's a lot of kids that I, that I know, even in high school, they say, nah, you know, I don't want to, I just want to go play you know, low end club hockey. And I, I asked them like, you got up 
at 6 a.m. most days during the summer to train. You're, you're putting in the work. You put in so many hours to train. Why are you not giving yourself that opportunity? Yeah. And yeah. that's a huge part of it. Like, I 1,000% agree. That's the best point I heard. Like, give yourself that chance. Like, see, see if you really could make it. Don't, don't have any questions of what if I did this or could I have made it there? Yeah, and I, I and this is the, the last thing I'll say. And I think, you know, we talk about, you know, your family and all the sacrifices not only you've made to, to get to where you are as a player, but, you know, the finances from your parents, what your parents sacrificed, you know, you probably billeted, you didn't spend your high school years at home. It's like, you know, what if, if it was all, if it was all, that was all to happen and then you just stay at home and do kind of what, you know, you could have done in the first place. It's, it's not like it wasn't worth it, but it's like, you know, take advantage of that opportunity you've awarded yourself and, you know, make the most of it. Again, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You got to the spot to go home. So, um, and I, I think that's a, a good spot to, to wrap up. I know we touched on a couple of different things about, you know, summer hockey and showcases and, you know, making sure you're doing your due diligence about, you know, the showcases you're attending, but, um, you know, I'm sure Jimmy will, will talk again and touch on a few different other topics throughout the summer. Um, hockey's kind of slowing down for everybody down here. Um, but you know, it was a, a pleasure to have you on again. No, oh, I love it. Greg, you're doing, you're doing amazing work. This is awesome. I, I, like I said it every time I think with you, I love talking hockey and I love that, that you're doing this for people. This is, you're doing a great thing. Yeah. I think this is episode 16. So I think you've been on three times now if i'm not mistaken so you're maybe twice how many times you've been on? i think those is my third we're, we're third. up there i'm becoming so, a veteran here yeah i'm a re- recurring guest i'm gonna have to give you a stipend or something but jokes on you i don't make any money doing this so <laughs> um but uh no we do it because we love it right and we're bored <laughs> <laughs> not yet not yet you're not making any money Right, right. Um, well, again, just want to say thank you, and I hope our listeners uh, learned something from this and enjoyed it. But again, if if anybody has any uh, topics they they want to hear about it, please reach out. Let me know. Um, we'll, like I mentioned in the last episode, we'll have uh, Justin Todd on, who's going to talk about um, off ice training. We've also got a an e bug that's going to come on this sometime this summer, and also um, a, a pretty big uh, pretty big person in women's hockey down here in the in the Nashville area. So um, just hope everybody stays tuned for those episodes coming up. And um, Jimmy, just want to say thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye.